0: Um, myself and also you. So let's do something first. Let's pray to the Lord Jesus to ask for him to open our eyes to bring revelation to us because it's truly only through his revelation that we can receive any of this stuff. Um, so Jesus, we come to you right now. We thank you for your goodness, Lord. God, I ask for the spirit of wisdom and revelation inside of all of our lives. God, that you would reveal tonight, to us, where we need you, which is honestly in every single second, every area of our life, every moment, we need you, God. But reveal that to us. Reveal it to us anew. Move it from this head of ours, God, that that holds so much knowledge, Lord, into a heart knowledge, into our hearts, Jesus. I pray that you would make that revelation to us, Lord. Um, and that you would reveal anything else that you want to reveal to us tonight, Lord. Sin, if you want to reveal um, past sin, grievances, things that we're holding against our brothers and sisters, we just ask for that in Jesus' name, Lord. And God, uh, ultimately, above everything else, Lord, we just ask that we would know you more, that we would know you more. Yeah, God, thank you for your word thank you for your goodness. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. All right. So actually, before we get into the Word tonight, we're just going to take a little bit of a look at the 12 principles that Trevor talked about just a little while ago, the 12 principles that Pastor Tim shared with us last year. Um, and the slide, if you were here on Sunday or you were tuned in on Sunday, there was a slide that Pastor Tim put up for a little while about the 12 imperatives of growth and victory as disciples, and he taught on each of those things. And these are all things that we all need to have as disciples. They're actually results that come as being a disciple of Jesus Christ. And I just want to touch on each of those uh, briefly. Number one was we rely on the Word of God if you are not a disciple of Jesus Christ, if you're not following Jesus Christ, if you're an enemy of the gospel, remember we talked about there are enemies, there are sojourners, there are neighbors, and then there are people that are members, civilians of the kingdom of God. If you're an enemy of the gospel, and even if you're a neighbor of the gospel, the word will not mean much to you. And even if you're a sojourner, thank you for that, um, because I meant to get you to put that one up, and I forgot, so forgive me for that. Thank you. So as, as that, as... People that are sojourners, you can say that the word is part of your life, but you don't rely on the word of God. Um, Pastor Tim talked this past week in church uh, on Sunday. He talked about being fed. Where do you get food from? What is the food that we eat? It's two play. It's two things. One, it's the word of God. This is food for us. It's food for our souls. Feasting on this is something that we have to have. We have to rely on this word. We have to rely on the rhema word of God as well, the Spirit speaking to us. If we don't have the Spirit speaking to us, then we will not be alive. We'll just be like the the Jews and the Pharisees that were just following the law that leads to death. The other thing that we have to feast on is... What Jesus said, he said to his disciples whenever they came back from Samaria, he's talked to the woman at the well. He says, I have food that you do not know of. Do you know what that food was? To do the will of the Father. And it was the people that were coming from Samaria. Look, the field is white with harvest. So part of our feeding as well is actually going out and being obedient to what God's called us to do. So we rely on the Word of God. The second thing is, is we, as disciples, we rely on the pra- on prayer, communication with the Father. If we do not have communication, which is what prayer is, it's talking to our Almighty Father. And, and it's kind of corny, but whenever I was a kid, they told us the acts of prayer, use the acts of prayer. A stands for adoration. C stands for confession. T stands for thanksgiving. And S stands for supplication. And they said you should actually spend your more time in act than you should in s. Which honestly, if we're most of us are, are, are being honest, we spend more time saying gimme, gimme, gimme. I want, I want, I want, I need, I need, I need. Instead of adoring our Father. God, you are beautiful. You're mighty. You're wonderful. If you read the Psalms, most of the Psalms is just adoring this wonderful Father. If you read Jesus talking about his Father, he adores his Father. If you read Paul in any of the epistles, he adores God, because truly all of this discipleship is for one reason. All of anything that we do, the church, one thing, the reason that we come to church is for one reason. Can anybody tell me what that reason is? It's to know him. It is to know him. If you're, if you're tuning in online, I hope that you just catch this. If you don't listen to anything else that I say, if you turn it off right now and you go to sleep, which is fine with me, I, don't, I usually have a lot of great stuff to say, but it is to know him. All of this anything, it is to know him. And then to what? To know him more. And then to know him more because truly his depths, his breaths, breadth, breath, breath, his breath, his depth, his wits, his heights, they are unending. Um, you can spend a lifetime with a person and still not know them. I've been married almost 10 years and in my almost 10 years, people come and ask me questions about my wife, and I literally tell them, I don't know. I don't have a, I don't have a clue. At, I've been with my kids, my oldest, for all seven years of his life, and I still don't know a bunch of the answers. I say, you should probably go ask him, partly because their minds change quite often. God is never changing, but still so deep and so wide that he's uncomprehendable, but also so shallow that we can dive into it and enjoy. It's so simple, but yet so profound and so hard. So to know him, we have to be in this prayer. Sorry, I got off track. This prayer, we rely on this prayer to know him, to talk to him, not only to speak, but also to... My mama used to always tell me, you got two ears and one mouth. So you should do three times. Most people say two, but my mom would say three times the listening that you do. But how often are we actually truly listening to God? But as disciples, we want to hear his voice. We have to listen. Number three, we depend on the Holy Spirit for holiness, love, and power. I can turn my phone off since you guys put that up there. We depend on the Holy Spirit for holiness, love, and power. If we don't have the Holy Spirit, which is the power of God manifested in you. Stop and think about that for a second. The power of God manifested inside of you. Inside of you. The mystery of the gospel, which is Christ in you. If we don't have the power of the Holy Spirit and his holiness and his love, then, man, it's all for naught solve or not. So we have to to depend on the Holy Spirit and getting to know Him, who is God, who is Jesus. They're all three the same and one at the same time, three in one. We have to depend on them. Number four says we are committed to being disciples and making disciples. This one is actually an abiding. We are committed to abide in Jesus. John 15, abiding. We have to be it. We talked about this I talked about it two Sundays ago, actually being in him, the difference between being and doing, and also making, going and making disciples. Humans make more humans. Trees make more trees. Birds make more birds. Bears make cubs, and then they turn into bears, right? Um, I tricked you there. Um, But disciples actually make more disciples inside of your family, with your children, children with your friends. Us with our friends, you make disciples. You share the gospel, and you make disciples. And a lot of those disciples are actually from your own fruit. It's not you go and grab some random person that's in the church and say, hey, man, I'm going to disciple you. No, it's actually you sharing the gospel with someone, that person coming into the faith, and you pouring into their lives. Number five, we love each other like family and seek to grow in fellowship. Why do we love each other like family? It's because he loves us. And we are his body, and he is the head of the body, which makes us grow up in him. And we seek to grow in fellowship. We need each other. We need each other. We really do need each other. And and honestly, we need each other's interpretation of the scripture and understanding of the scripture. And so whenever we sit around in a group, I can read this scripture and say, hey, this is what I think. But whenever I point to you and say, what would you get out of it? Your mind is so unique and God has made you so completely unique and his relationship with you is so completely unique that no one else has that relationship. No one else has that uniqueness. And if you are not in fellowship and if you aren't being who God has created you to be in the body of Christ, then the body is weaker. We can't be the fullness that he wants us to be if you're not in it. So you and you and you and me, we all have to do this together. Let's go on to number six. We share the gospel locally and beyond. That's the same exact thing that we talked about in discipleship and making disciples. Our job is to share this good news, not only here, but also Jerusalem, Samaria, Judea, the ends of the earth. Number seven, we gather to worship and praise God in song. We all gather. Singing by yourself is fun. I have my own guitar, I like to sing my own worship, but man, whenever I sing with other people and I play my guitar with other people, it just, it just kicks up. The spirit that's inside of each one of us testifies to the spirit inside of the other ones, and we join together and we make a, a beautiful song, and it's wonderful. But these are, remember, all these things that I'm talking about, these are fruits of being a disciple of Jesus Christ. Um, number eight. We are grateful and thankful that God has called us to serve. We actually want to serve. You want to go wash people's feet. You want to sit down with somebody who's struggling and say, man, I want to get in the muck with you. I'll deal with your problems. You want to serve. It's a desire that comes from discipleship, from being a disciple of Jesus Christ. Number nine, we, are, we take bold and sometimes new steps of faith. Absolutely, that's what happens. You, God calls you deeper with him. And the deeper you go with him, usually deeper into the water you go. Number 10, we work strategically as a unified team. There's one spirit inside of us. I said that just a second ago. There's one spirit inside of us that bonds us together and we're unified in him. And that unity allows us to be literally one team. I, uh, tend, I work with a Christian organization, and we work as, as missionaries. Oh, guys, you don't use, like, use that word. Um, we work as workers headed towards uh, the, the field. And quite often I'll be talking with different people, and people will say, I bet you guys never fight. I'm like, are we human? Yes, we do fight, and we have disagreements. And, we, and they're like, but you are all on fire. You're all going towards the kingdom of God. And I'm like, yes, that's true. But that doesn't mean that we're always all unified. There's one that's a, an abiding of me, but then there's two that's a, a communal abiding as well. We all have to abide together. We all have to be together in unity with Jesus. So we have to be a unified team, abiding together. It's good for you to abide. You have to abide. But then we all have to abide together. Um, number 11, we give generously. All of God has given us times, tre- time, treasure, and talent. For me, it's real easy to give away my, my talent and my treasure. It's not as easy for me to give away my time, which is the one that I believe that God wants us to give the most of because usually that's what hold, that's what we hold closest to. I would much rather watch NCIS or I would much rather watch The Bachelor or I would much rather watch this than go and serve, than go and Talk to my brother who's struggling. Then go and live this life that God's called me to do. Go and share the gospel. Number 12, we embrace the gift and need of scriptural and strategic rest. There's a reason that we have a Sabbath. There's a reason that we should be taking Sabbath rest. And there's a reason that God has called us into that. It's to come away with him to know Him, to find Him, to grow in Him. That's what all this is about. That's what all this is about. All right, let's step into some scripture. These are great principles. This is what happens as we abide and as we are disciples of Jesus Christ. We walk in all this stuff. And this should be not what we strive for. This shouldn't be the stuff that we strive for. This should be what we are because we want to know Him. All right, flip to Hebrews 5 for me. I'm just going to look at Hebrews 5.14. If I can find it. Got to sing the, the books of the Bible song in my head. Isaiah, Jeremiah. but That's actually in the Old Testament. There we go. All right, Hebrews 5. We're in verse 14. We have to feast on God. Verse five, uh, Hebrews 5 verse 14 says, But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of, dis- of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. So the first step after coming to know Jesus and growing in Him is actually to move in maturity, to feast on Him, to feast on His Word, to eat solid food. In the beginning, we have to eat milk. As a baby, you have to eat milk. And then after you move from milk, you move into solid food. And this whole little passage right here, I won't get into it, is basically them saying, you should be eating solid food, but you're still having to take milk. Let me tell you something that's that's interesting. The solid food and the milk are actually the same exact thing. They're actually this. What comes from that is, the, is a difference in maturity. So what I mean by that is you can read this same scripture and get milk out of it, or you can read this same scripture and you can get solid food out of it. You can get some beef. You can get some steak. You can get a Krispy Kreme donut. Hopefully, what Trevor was saying earlier, not Dunkin' Donuts that we're going to have. We're going to have Krispy Kreme donuts on that week because everybody probably knows how much I love Krispy Kreme donuts now. Um, but it's, it's that good It's the, it's, you can get the good out of it or you can decide to get just a little bit out of it. The food's already set. The table is set for you. It depends on how much you, brother and sister, want to eat and how much you, brother and sister, want to glean. A lot of us think that actually spiritual maturity, when we actually start to get to to eat the um, solid food, we're like, oh, that's whenever we start to learn Greek. Then we start to learn Hebrew. We start to learn different doctrines, doctrinal thoughts and everything. I I completely disagree with that. Your solid food is when you're eating Jesus. Your milk is when you're eating Jesus. But there's a different nourishment to the body. Right now, if you went on a milk-only diet, I wonder what you'd look like as an adult, as a 5-year-old, as a 12-year-old. I wonder what your body would look like. It would shrivel, would it not? You have to mix it all together and eat a healthy diet of the Lord. We have to eat to survive. Let's talk a little bit about knowing Him. Go to John 8. And we're going to go to John 8, and then we're going to go to John 10. Pastor Tim talked about feeding this past week. He also talked about following this past week and how we follow the one in discipleship, or we follow the one to become a disciple. You have to follow. 8.12 is where we're at. And Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I'm going to read Matthew 10.8 as well. Sorry, 10.38. Matthew 10.38. You don't have to flip there if you don't want to. It says, And whoever does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Hold on to that one for a minute. And then go to John 10. And we're going to skip around John 10 because John 10, actually, John 10 verses 1 through 21 as is a, is a story and a parable about jesus but i'm just going to pick out a couple different verses in there please go back and read it in your own time john 10:3 and 4 jesus says to him the gate opens the sheep hear his voice he's talking about the shepherd the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own by name and leads them out so only the shepherd could do that and when he has brought out all of his own he goes before him and the sheep follow him for they know his voice as a shepherd, a shepherd calls the sheep, and the sheep know his voice, and they follow him. We have to follow. Look at verse uh, ten, fourteen. He says again, I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. The only way to know his voice, the only way to follow is to know him. Brother and sister, tonight I ask, do you know him? Or do you know about him? Do you know stuff about him? Do you know him this much? Do you know him this much? Do you know him that much? Do you want to continue the rest of your life to dive in to know him? The reason I married my wife was because I wanted to know her for the rest of my life. Friends go in and out. All of us know this. We have friends for a season, friends for a time, people that you thought were going to be blood brothers, blood sisters for the rest of your life. You may have even done some cool thing whenever you were kids and done something, circle, circle, dot, dot, we're best friends forever, slap your hands thing, right? And you're like, man, we're going to be best friends forever. A couple years go by, you don't ever see that person anymore. You don't know them. Maybe you're Facebook friends with them, but you don't know those people anymore. But whenever you step into this deep relationship, meaning a marriage relationship, a family relationship, you say, hey, this person is my family. That is a, I want to know this person. I want to know them more and more and more. And I'll spend the rest of my life, I say this to my wife all the time, I, uh, I want to study you for the rest of my life. I want to be in school. To know you. You know, think by 10 years, I would be maybe in like 10th grade or something, but I usually sit around 2nd or 3rd grade. I'm, I'm a slow study, slow learn. How much do you know Jesus? How much do you want to know him? One of the things that actually impedes our knowing of him is the desire to know. Jesus went to the blind man and said, Do you want to be healed? A lot of us just don't want to be healed. We don't want to know Him anymore. I'm good. I've got what I got. I don't want it anymore. But He's calling you so much deeper, so much deeper. Right here in this 1010, 10, right before what we just read in 14, He says, and this is the great thing for those of us who want to know Him more, "'I came that they may have life and have it abundantly.'" He wants to give more of himself to us, more of himself to you, more of himself to me. And as we pursue him, and as we go after him, and we say, Man, I want to follow you, he's good to give more of himself to us. All right. So, we've spent a couple weeks talking about discipleship, reading some scripture together. We've given some charges. Are you in a discipleship relationship? Should you dive into a discipleship relationship? Should you... We've given opportunities as well. Um, But now the rest is just really up into your hands. Do you want to know him? Do you want to feast on him? Do you want to grow in him? Or are you fine just being where you're at? You know, like your milk diet, which is nasty, by the way. A milk-only diet is nasty. Let's just take a couple minutes, just a couple minutes, and just ask Jesus right now, Lord, what is keeping me from knowing you? Or wanting to know you more? And Lord, what's keeping me from feasting at the banquet? He truly already has set a table before you. America in itself right now has more resources of this, more books. Just look at our book nook. There's not a whole bunch of books in there right now, but there are plenty of resources for us to feast on him and to know him more. What's keeping you from it? Because honestly, all of us could be more than what we are now. We could know him more than what we know now. Me, I truly should know Jesus more than what I do right now. I'm coming up on my 20th anniversary of knowing Jesus, of actually realizing and saying, oh, he really is God. And I, I, if I were honest about my faith, I would probably say I'm probably somewhere around maybe a 15 to 16-year-old. I should probably be 20. 21, 22, be mature for my age? You would think anyways. All right, let's take a couple seconds, a couple seconds, a couple minutes, and just think. Just ask the Lord, what's keeping us from knowing you? What's keeping us from feasting? So as you've been praying or thinking, you may have already had some things that the Lord's laid on your heart, your mind, your thought. What are you going to do about it? You know, all of these thoughts, all the convictions of the Holy Spirit, all of the teaching and training and everything that you could get, if you don't do anything with it, then it's no good. You know, Paul said, if, if if this stuff isn't true, if this isn't true, then we're to be pitied. But what if it is true and we don't act on it? How much more should we be pitied? And I think that all of us believe that this is true. We all know it's true. I, I know. There's no, no manner of anything that could change my mind that this is not true. I I truly want to be Philippians 3, 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. I, I want that. But man, how much do I not want that at the same time? So what are you going to do about it? The last kind of step level thought of discipleship that I want to leave you guys with is actually obedience. The convictions of the Holy Spirit are the path that leads you to what God wants you to do, who He wants you to be, how He wants to fill you with Him. And if we're not obedient, to the convictions of the Holy Spirit, then we won't share. We won't know Him. And so as you prayed just then, maybe there were things that were brought up to your head. I am working too much. I'm lazy. I'm apathetic. My kids, my wife, my husband... Those are all not the answer. Those are all side things that you're just projecting on. The reality is is that it's something in you. There's something in your way. What are you going to do to get those things out of the way? What is God calling you to do to go deeper with Him? Maybe it's in some of those 12 things that we talked about just a little while ago. You're like, all right, got number one, got number two, got number three. All right, got number four, got number five, got number six, got number seven, number eight, number nine. Oh, number 10, I am not unified. I'm not abiding with the body. I disagree quite often with Pastor Tim, which is okay. I disagree so much that I'm in disunity with him. That's not okay. We have to abide together. All right, number 11, I'm not really giving generously. What is it? And then what are you going to do about it? So what? What does it mean? None of this means anything if we don't do anything about it. Look at me. I'm hopping around like a school kid. It doesn't mean anything if we don't do anything with it. Good news is not good news if it's not shared. You know what I'm saying? Good news is not good news if it's not shared. I say this all the time to people in India. Whenever there's good news, something good happens, you go and you buy sweets and you share it to everybody. I bought a new car. Here's your sweet, 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 sweet. Hey, I got a raise. Sweet, 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 sweet. It's sweet. It's sweet news. And they always say, it makes your mouth water to hear good news. So I need a sweet. That's why you give the sweet out. Jesus is so much better than buying a car. Jesus is so much more than any of this other stuff. He is the thing that we share. The good news is, is Jesus has given of Himself so that we can have Him. And we can know Him. The mystery of the gospel, Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's exciting. I'm excited. I don't know if any of y'all are excited. I'm excited just thinking about it. So I'm going to pray for us, but before I pray for us, there's going to be about a four to maybe five-week intensive to kind of discipleship thing, if anybody wants to get in on it. Um, some of you guys have already told us that you want to get in on it. We're going to spend about four to five weeks. It'll probably be over Zoom, maybe a Thursday or a Tuesday night, and um, if you want to let us know, it's not going to be me discipling people. It's not going to be my wife discipling people. It's going to be us talking about what discipleship looks like and then actually doing it together. So if you want to be on that, it'll probably be on Zoom, uh, four- to five-week thing, um, probably starting the s- not the week after Easter, but the week after that. So that's the, like the 16th, 15th, 17th area. Um, we'll give more details to that, but if you do want to do that, please just come and see me. Let, send us an email or something. Send us an email at, or, or a message on our cool app that we have now. Um, send us a message at questions at calvarychapel. Okay, sorry. Questions at dot com questions at calvarychapelrva.com and say, hey, I want to get in on that. Or you can message me, you can message my wife, she's on Facebook, you can message Pastor Tim, Trev, whatever, we'll get the group together and we'll set up the time and we can do that. If you want to go deeper with God, if you want to figure out how to disciple other people, if you want to be discipled yourself, if you want to understand what this stuff is that we've been talking about a little bit more, then please jump on that. Um, yeah, if you did say something that's a, that's a roadblock, share it with your brother, share it with your sister so that you can be the family, the body, um, which is number five on our list. And you can also be in unity, which is number 10 on our list. And so that they can hold you accountable to being obedient to getting that thing out of your life so that you can know him more. Let me pray for us. Father God, we do just want to know you more. God, I've had that song in my heart um just the last week jesus we want to know you jesus our lord (laughs) king of our heart king of our soul lord we want to know you and know you more god i pray that each one of us knows you and knows you more god and if they if we don't know you god that we would make today the day to know you because today is a day of salvation lord Today is, for each one of us, God, today is the day of salvation. And if we've just been sitting around listening and thinking and saying, you know, all this kind of sounds good, but I don't know any. I I haven't experienced any of this. The experience is you, Jesus. So I pray that you would just put that on our hearts, Lord, and that we would step into a relationship to know you. God, and if we've just barely stepped in and we want to know, we only know a little bit, God, I pray that you would put a hunger inside of our hearts that we would want to feast. We would want to feast. Because man, your word is so good. Your law is so great, as it says in Psalm 18 and 19. The law is so good. It's better than honey from the honeycomb. Lord, I just pray that you would Put that in our hearts, that we is the body, that we would be unified because what we desire and what we want is more of you. We just want to know you, and we want to know you, and from that knowing you, God, we just take everything else down the list. Man, we want to be in prayer with you. We want to be in communication with you. We want your word. We want to love on each other. We want to give generously. We want to be unified. We want to be what you've called us to be, your beautiful bride. Jesus, just take us deeper in you. (laughs) In you. Take us deeper in you. Because if you take you out of the equation, then there's really no reason for us to come together. It's all about you, Lord. We love you. We praise you, God. And we don't even want to talk about discipleship, Lord, as as just a cool thing or something that we need to do discipleship is just us growing closer to you. That's all it is. It's just just us moving closer to you, being more like you because we're growing to know you, surrendering our lives and knowing you more. And being obedient because that helps us know you more. Yeah, Lord, I just pray that you would put just a grace in each of our lives to know you more. We love you, Jesus, and we praise you. Amen. Have a blessed week, guys. Blessings on you, and we'll see you on Sunday.